What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Frame Skip Podcast. This is episode 93. I am your host, Seth Lakehouse, joined by Elijah, the Man of Steel. Hello, Seth. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I feel great. Coach. The coach, the the bicyclist. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the cyclist. Man, we're really off the bicycle path already. The, the triathlon king. There you go. There you go. The What's up, brother. <laughs> What's up? Freaking missed you, man. I missed you too, coach. I, I like your Dallas Cowboys hat. Thank you. Yeah, it's fine. Is that your favorite football team? Yes. Ah. Couldn't tell. The amazing Austin Eller. What's up, Seth? What's how are up? you? I'm pretty good, but how are you? How's it going? It's going. It's going pretty good, but how are you? Oh, it's it's great. It's great. Now that I know that Coach is a bicyclist and his favorite team <laughs> is the Cowboys. He also played water pool for a short time. Did you know that? Really? <laughs> yes. Yeehaw. Yeah. He likes to shave shape. He likes to eat healthy. What else do I know about Coach? He loves the Legend of Zelda. Is Specifically, Breath of the Wild. Is Coach tall? Coach is, uh, I want to say, six, Coach is six like 6'3". Six, three. Six, three. Pretty tall. <sighs> yeah. Two inches off. I knew it. I knew it. How tall and are you, Jorge? How tall am I? No, George. 6'5"? Six, 6'1". Five. Six, it's pronounced okay. George. Okay. George. Yeah. I can make that joke. I'm half Latino, so I can say <laughs> I can say yes. Because that just sounds like everyone. You, wait, in really? My mother's family. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like it's like yes with a J in front of it. Yes. 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 He's making a Latin. He's making fun of Latinos worldwide. I'm not making fun of Latinos. I'm trying no. to pronounce the word. <laughs> Jorge is. I'm making fun of Latinos, but in my defense, I'm really just making fun of my cousins. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Rounding out the pack, it's the banging, swanging, big giant hanging George Loftus. I bang and I swang, everyone. Get out of the way. I don't want you in my swang radius, lest you get hurt. It's like a Dark Souls boss. What is your radius, by the way? What? What's what? your circumference, George? I didn't ask that. That's sick, dude. <laughs> I asked radius. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to George, know the what's your diameter. Story. George, what's your radius so I can square it and multiply it by pi so I can know your circumference? But a gentleman never asked for circumference. We're just trying to find your volume, bud. Yeah, I can't believe I remembered how to... F- Actually, no, wait. Circumference is diameter times pi. I'm an idiot. But then you just double the radius and then you multiply it by and pi. Then the- to get the volume multiplied by height. I'm just a mass of confusion right now. We're just a math. I'm a math of confusion. Nice. I got to trigonometry before I was like, you know what? I, this is dumb. Why do we need numbers? This I'm like, once, once I got the trig, I was <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm here anymore. Like, I just really don't understand what the point of this is. I almost failed out of Algebra 2. I almost failed out of Probability and Statistics. Uh, I'm not a math guy. Yeah, me either. 
Yeah. That was actually a big problem in college because I went for uh, programming. I literally took a class called word problems. That's how much I hate traditional numbers. I got to GTA three and I'm like, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> GTA three <laughs> geometry, trigonometry, algebra three. Oh, I uh, thought you meant that was all in that three. I that thought you meant GTA class? three. Yeah. Oh, that's that sucks. In my school. In high school. Yeah. GTA. I think that was, that was 10th grade. Maybe I don't remember. In 12th, I just took statistics and it was a it was a great class. You could sleep and get an A plus. Yeah. My for nerds. Anyway, back to video games. <laughs> well, hold on. I need to ask you though, George. You said you took word problems. Is that what you said? Yeah, in college. Yeah. Was that like symbolic logic type stuff? Like your your logic equations with words? Yeah. Is that what it was? Because I, I literally did that same exact thing. Does it I, also I took that instead of statistics? <laughs> yes, that, obviously it also poops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly the dog jumps therefore they must poop clearly oh, it's for, obvious for a final report of the year george had to explain the answer if a tree falls in the woods does it make a sound what's the answer george yes <laughs> passing grade Thank you george loftus <laughs> Austin, how have you been this past week? What have you been playing? Tell me all about your week. Great, Seth. I've been playing. I'm waiting. I've been great. I've been playing the best game released in the past year, which is Monster Hunter Rise. I hate you so much. I want to reach through the screen and actually strangle you. No, I don't know why you do this. But no joke. But no joke. We are like way back into it. We are way back into it. And, um, I think it's partially because uh, Sunbreak is coming out, and we never actually beat the, the the base game. So we did the both of us, Andy and I, did the single player stuff, but we never got through um, the what is it Narwa and Abuki? I think is the, the other one. We never did those final uh, final yes, two. The Narwhal, my favorite monster hunter enemy. Yes, the Narwhal. Yeah, it's pronounced Narwhal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So we're I we're working our way. Narwhals everywhere. We're finally working our way up to that stuff, and we're we're getting there. So I, that's literally all I've been playing. That we we are so totally hooked on Monster Hunter Rise again for the Nintendo Switch. Seth, back to you. you. Just choose to break my heart, don't you? <laughs> you just do things, and you say this is going to crush Seth, and that's why I want to do it. Because if you well, guys remember, a month ago, I was all about Monster Hunter Rise, and I was playing on PC, and I was like, yo, you should play with me, because you, you know you said you were going to play with me on Switch, and you never did. And Austin's like, nah, I'm good. And now here we are. Not going to play on PC, Seth. I'm going to play on Switch. Best That's system. Best system. It looks so good on PC. Great port. Right. <laughs> George, <laughs> how, you, how you been? What have you been doing? I've been all right. I give everything about a B. Unlike my Algebra 2 class, like, that's passing, you know? These also good. get degrees. Yeah. Uh, I've been good. I've been playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic, which is, I don't know if you've been on the show when I talked about it, and I don't know if you listen to the show when you're not on it. Is it like it's photographs? Like, you don't care if you're not in it? But also, <laughs> you don't care to listen if you're on it because you were there? <laughs> I, I know for a fact he didn't listen to one episode, because the first episode a couple weeks ago I wasn't on, he mentioned Uncharted, and we got to hear George rant about Mark Wahlberg for a second episode in a row. Yes, <laughs> correct. Last week, I spent the entire episode hoping 
somebody would bring him up. Just like, can we get three? Can we get can we get the turkey? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's just George's thing. How much he hates Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, screw that guy. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic. That game has become like the way people talk about Destiny. The game, not the concept. And the way people talk about... This game is my destiny. <laughs> yeah. And the way people talk about Dota 2, like this game is just becoming like a fixture in my life where it's like, oh, well, got to do this. Got to get my, my daily grinds in. Not that there are dailies. The game would be a lot better if there were dailies in it, but I digress. That, and I played the new Mario Kart 8 levels. And are we, do you guys want to talk about this here? Yes, let's do it. Those levels are trash. Like that. that is like such a bad expansion like are you kidding me those were those were out the gate the first eight you wanted to put out there to to talk to people they're all remakes and they're remakes of like not great courses i'm sorry like i like choco mountain a lot but honestly i missed the fog from that game i thought that made that level really like mysterious and kind of ominous and i understand it was just like you know an inability to like you know, render the distance on N64, but I thought they actually took something away. I think the levels suck. Like, I think they're really boring. I think they haven't made a course in eight years at this point. When did Mario Kart 8 first come out on Wii U? It was 2014, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I had to have been 2014. Yeah, so they haven't made a, a Mario Kart level in eight years, and, like, they're just remaking DS courses and Nintendo 64 and Mario world tour from like mobile games i think those courses are trash and they should be embarrassed i think that was like the worst wave of dlc especially when you compare it to the original dlc that came to mario kart 8 which are some of the best courses in mario kart history so they should be embarrassed and uh, i'm really glad i didn't buy the pass like i was planning to and that it just came with the expansion so i've only played the first four we didn't get around to playing the other four we actually played them together right before the the podcast and I kind of see where you where you're coming from because like the the Paris one, for example, is so straightforward. Like there's there's really nothing exciting in that level. It's just your basic turns, and there's really nothing to it. Oh, okay. We're gonna do um, two laps, and then oh, here's a curveball. You have to make a right turn on the third lap. Like it's like yeah. come on, guys. Like that, and then the the Toad level from 3ds. I mean, it's like it was the very first racetrack in Mario Kart 3ds, and so to me, it was like ah. Uh, why why would you add that one necessarily and and not like one of the more advanced courses from Mario Kart 7 but yeah i i don't know i mean i like Chaco Mountain what i played of it and then i liked um Coconut Mall i thought they were great but i i have not done the 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 other four courses yet but i will say it's odd to me that they have so many from tour in this pack so 3 of the 8 courses are from Mario Kart Tour which is the the mobile game and I don't know. I, I'm not really sure why they decided to go that route because people, for one thing, don't really like that game from my understanding. And secondly, like there are so many other courses to choose from over the span of seven prior games. I thought so. some, some of the charm was missing from Coconut Mall too because we were talking about this in like the, the podcast Slack channel. I love that course on Wii. Like that's like one of my probably like top five courses on that entire game. And something about like the, the charm was just off in in this rendition of it i don't know like they don't seem very lively like i feel like in previous course remakes that they did like in the base mario kart 8 game they added a lot of personality they added a lot of excitement they had a lot of bells and whistles to old courses where it didn't feel like you were playing the old course in hd it felt like you were playing a version of the old course if it just happened to come out 
you know, that day in, in 2014. And this just felt like such like by the numbers, like, oh, we're just going to uprise everything. We're going to make everything prettier. We're going to make everything shiner. We're going to add in these new character models. All the courses I thought were really boring. Like, I, I'm pretty disappointed, I guess, is uh, the end of it. All right. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I have to say about Mario Kart is it's maybe my most hated game of all time. Because it's maybe the worst game I've ever played. Or not the worst game. The, I am the worst Mario Kart player you can possibly imagine. Okay, this, like, you went two different directions with those last yes. two statements. So that's... Yes. <clears throat> yes. Hold on. Let, sorry, I misspoke. What I meant I'll, was the second. It's not the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am the worst at Mario Kart. In fact, I'm so bad. Let me make this very clear. That when I was probably 21, I went to stay at my brother's house. And my nephew was 10 and he's like, oh, go play video games with me. I'm like, all right, kid, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to crush you like, you know, <laughs> no joke. And we played Mario Kart and he like absolutely obliterated me. And I'm not like a slouch at racing games, but it's like a special kind of racing that makes me physically like aggressive. And I don't take it easy on my nephews. For instance, my other nephew, when he got into Pokemon Go, like wouldn't stop wanting to challenge me. And it's really annoying. And I knew that he wasn't nearly as far in the game as I was. Like, I was, like, level 35. He may have been level 15, but he was, like, super, super into Pokemon. You know, like, had that, had that like, Pokemon love. His favorite Pokemon was Charizard. I played and Pokemon Go so much, I almost lost my job. That kid is not allowed outside after dark. Like, I knew I had it on him, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I've been, I've been doing this for years. He just started, right? And he I've forgotten more about Charizard. Pokemon than this kid will ever know. Yeah. So, because he kept annoying me with, like, uh, battles, and I told him to stop, because... When someone challenges you to a battle in Pokemon Go, like it takes over your whole screen and you have to like it gets you in your way. It's really annoying. He wouldn't stop it and he like demanded that I battle him. So I made a team of his favorite Pokemon and then I rampaged him with them over and over again until he rage quit. Jesus. So, like I don't How take it easy he? on my nephews. <laughs> How old is he? Um he's probably eleven. Well, I mean, at that age, they deserve a good ass kicking, right? Yeah, yeah. You just, you just, <laughs> you just give it to them, and then they realize, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, it's now, that. now and another also, place in the food chain. Also, there's some myth making there too, because like they're young enough where like they think they're the best, right? Yeah. And then they get completely trounced, and they're like, no, you, you guys, you don't understand. My cousin Seth <laughs> is the greatest <laughs> Pokemon trainer of all time. Like he would wipe the floor with Ash, but yeah. he would just annihilate Ash, and Ash has been doing it. My entire life. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> he heard the song, I want to be the very best. And he's like, oh, that's me. I'm the very best. But no, he's not. Yeah. He doesn't even know. There's levels I, to this. I would love to race Seth in Mario Kart. No, you Because wouldn't. I, too, think I'm the worst. <laughs> so I'd love to find out which one of us is actually worse at the game. Oh, it's man. Battle to the me. bottom. Yeah. It's me. I guarantee it. See, see I don't know. Uh, at PAX 2013, I entered a Mario Kart tor- 7 tournament. And I ended up just being the back shooting blue shells the entire race. I'm surprised someone didn't. That's what you're supposed to do. So you're really being the A word Uh, that Austin's going to have to edit out. But yep. Go ahead. All right, Elijah. What have you been playing lately? (laughs) Um, So the only two things I've really been playing since my PS5 broke, and I'm waiting for tracking on my new PS5. uh, I have been playing Near Replicant. I finished Route B last night, and that game is so good. The so, sorry, only... near, sorry, near replicant is the remake of the original game that inspired near 
Automata, right? C- correct. Um, okay, Automata is a sequel. Uh, it, it's really, yeah, loosely. Okay. And inspired by Drakengard. Sorry, it's confusing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's actually a sequel to Drakengard as well. Yeah, it's a sequel to Drakengard, a prequel. (laughs) A Drakengard is a sequel to Super Mario Brothers. So let me explain this to you, George. I've watched watched this lore video about seven times to try and understand. There is an optional ending in Drakengard 3. Yep. where Where the main antagonist comes to our world and dies and that ending is what creates the sequel near yeah and then near autonoma off of it and this goes all the way back to drakengard three no it's a sequel drakengard one drakengard three is a prequel right yeah three is a prequel yeah okay what's a dumber continuance (laughs) of events then is it this or is it like kingdom hearts shin megami tensei and persona and like, like, because those games are all connected too, right? And there's another series really. that I can't yeah. remember. I, Technically, sure Persona's in the same universe, but they're not like connected story wise. Okay, all right. Drakengard yeah. and, and Nier are actually connected by a thread. Like, yeah, that goes See, guys, this wouldn't happen if you just were like me and you only played Deep Rock Galactic. You would never get confused. <laughs> about games ever. Here's, I recommend here's, it. Here's what I love about it, though, is that like you don't need to know anything about Drakengard to play Nier. Nope. It just it's there if you want it. And I like that a lot. That, that's the yeah, kind okay. of stuff that I love. Like, like I've oh, never, this is actually connected to Drakengard. I've never played Drakengard, but I already know that it's like, I'm, I'm getting the same level of enjoyment really out of it. Seems like an Elijah ass game for based on how little I know about Drakengard. It seems like an Elijah ass game. I, I plan on getting all three Drakengards later this year. I'd like Drakengard. It was always there appealing to me because it was the first PS3 game that had the blue label on it. Remember the blue Ooh. labels on PS3? It, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember it was either the first or second because yeah. Deception Four Blood Ties came out like right around the same time, like a week earlier or a week later. And so that weird. also had the blue label. So it was the very the end of the PS3 second. life cycle. They were like, hey, actually, we're, our color is blue now. Yeah. Why would you do that? But like, I really, really like the game. The only thing I have against it compared to Nier Auto- Automata is at least for Nier, pretty much all of the a main route you go through were different in a, a somewhat massive way. So technically route a and B were the same story, but you played from different perspectives. And so they were much more different in this route. B was the second half of route a just with a few extra cutscenes. Hmm. But like it was I literally cannot... the exact same thing. I cannot get through Route B of Nier Automata. I hate it so much. I loved the first one so much, and I hate Route B so much that I just route, I've given up. I almost quit at Route B. Route C was amazing. And that's what I hear. But yeah, you route, guys, I almost quit at B. It was so bad. You guys are way more into Japanese games than I am. I am trying very hard to get more into anime. I'm trying very hard to get more into like Japanese games just because I think it's like really interesting to see like a different like world building philosophy. So I just I gotta ask as someone who is like a complete greenhorn to this series. So when you say like this route, is it like the game takes three hours and you're supposed to do all these different like endings, or is it like the game itself is 15 hours and like based on decisions you make, you end up with A B C D F G H I J K L M N O P? But it's like it's going to be a 300 hour experience. Like when you say you completed the B route, what does that entail? 
So basically, the way these games go, you go through the your first playthrough, which on Replicant, because I didn't do any side stuff, I went for a trophy to beat it in 15 hours. I did that, and it ends up with clear save data. And then you choose to load the clear save data, and it starts you up, and then you're going to do Route B. And then you choose the clear save data, and it'll load you up, and you do Route C. And it'll basically automatically tell you, like, when I started, after I finished B and started up Route C, it goes, to get the ending to Route C, get all the weapons in the game. So it, it now gave me that ability to get Route C, or if I finish it, I'd get the same exact ending I just got. Or, if, like, without getting all the weapons, I'd just get the same exact ending. So how and, long how long does a run take? Um, I, I'm i at, I want to say, like, 23 hours right now <clears throat> after beating A and B. Okay. Uh, okay. To be and, a little more clear, in near Automata, the different yeah. routes take place from almost completely different points of view from different characters yeah like route a b and c are all played through different characters gotcha so i guess and, a good comparison probably george would be like resident evil 2 where you have claire and leon where it's technically kind of the same story but from two different viewpoints yeah okay that's probably uh, a good comparison <clears throat> great series. Um, but i guess in replicant the only route that's different is route e which is the final one like you play as a different character but I mean, I, I I still plan on going through it at some at a point here. Now they got Strangers of Paradise today. That's going to be my main game. But what I think is really interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, Elijah. Oh, um, what I think is really interesting is the story of the development of Nier because it originally had a different main character for the United mm-hmm. States, but they were worried that it wouldn't sell, so they changed the main character in the story. Yep. Uh, so like in her dad, right? Yeah, in in the U.S. one, you played as her dad, but in the Japanese and now Replicant, it's her brother. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Does it have a different character model? Yes. Huh. I had no idea. Uh, the only other game I've really been playing is I've been going with one of my friends through Bloodborne, and like her and I have gone through the entire thing. We're right at the end. We're gonna we're getting the platinum for doing all the Chalice dungeons and everything. And basically, I've been falling in love with this game all over again. I absolutely love Bloodborne. And right now, it's number five on my favorite games of all time list. But I'm genuinely starting to think it's higher because just I think about it so often. And I know so, so many like the, the ins and outs of that game in a way I never thought I would have thought of a Souls game like. And it, it's just it's an incredible game. And. I am so excited. And that's why you like George asked, Hey, would you help me get the platinum bloodborne? And I'm yeah, gladly. I I will go back and play that game anytime I'm on my, since I've played through the entire game with her, this is technically my fifth way through the game. My fifth time through. Wow. And I, I will play through it many times. Gladly. I just hope that at some point they do a, an upgrade for PS five. Like I'm, I'm not convinced they're ever going to do that, but Oh, it runs like crap on PS5, right? So it's not that it runs like crap on PS5. It's just it runs like it does on the PS4, but it runs exactly like it does on the PS4. So when you're playing a PS5 game and then put in Bloodborne, you really yeah. notice the difference. It's got re- like really bad uh, frame pacing. So yeah. 
there's like some some pretty major issues actually with the the gameplay and the engine in that game. So Man, I, and I one thing, same thing with Ghost Recon Wildlands. Like I downloaded that to play with friends, like from San Francisco, and we were all like, "Hell yeah, co-op shooter for people!" Like, yeah, let's do this. And it just it was so choppy. We were like, "Okay, that was." eight dollars we wasted but at least we know you know 20 minutes in that like we were getting car sick playing this game the one thing i remember about bloodborne more than anything else is pre-patch bloodborne where the loading screens were literally like 90 seconds long yeah and you had to sit there after you died forever in order to respawn yeah the the last thing i want to mention before we move on is what austin and george alluded to at the end of last week so my PS5 broke two weeks ago, and that's why I haven't been playing Elden Ring. I got 45 hours into Elden Ring in eight days, and then I just couldn't play anymore, and I was so sad. And I had a day with Gran Turismo 7. But uh, a week later, I won a PS5 from Limited Run Games. It, Woo, it's a, that's so awesome that's so awesome it's uh it's a ps5 and copies of river city girls and river city girls zero which are both on pre-order and a bunch of river city girls merchandise so i'm just waiting for them to get the ps5 sent out because they said they will be sending that out shortly here and uh i'll have a brand new ps5 awesome yeah uh, honestly man that timing Sorry, that on yeah. really quick. That inspired me to go back to limited run games, and I actually pre-ordered two games last night. Limited run games is awesome. They're super awesome. No, they're great. I've got a whole bunch like on deck that is like so close to being shipped out. I'm really excited. But I went back yeah, and same. checked last night. I actually thought of Coach when I bought one because it was Shadow Man, the N64 oh, yeah. game. I think of Coach every night before I go to sleep. I just any honestly when you're riding the bike. Yeah, just I I see an N64 cartridge. And the first thing I think of is being eight years old. And the second thing I think of is coach. <laughs> and like, I'll be honest, coach and I haven't even done like that many shows together. We're not particularly close. Like I don't like text coach being like, Hey man, just want to let you know I'm thinking what, about you. I should. Cause like doing? I do it a lot more, but uh, yeah, anytime I see an N64 cartridge, I think about third grade. And then I think about coach, the Kyle Newman. Teaching your third grade class. Coach the Kyle Newman. <laughs> so just while we're talking about limited run games and Coach, okay, Coach a few years ago sent me a copy of whatever Shantae game for the Switch. Yep. I don't I don't know the title of it. Because if I'm remembering correctly, Coach, you said you would accidentally order two copies. Yeah. And turns out, Coach sent me a copy of the rarest game available on Switch. That's awesome. <laughs> And it's worth like four hundred fifty dollars. That's awesome. And and it's <laughs> it's funny timing you mentioning this. I got a message earlier today. One of your limited run games orders has shipped, and it's one of the Shantae's. Yeah, I, I'm Those on games a journey. Are rare. I'm on a journey to collect every single PS5 release from limited run games, and so nice. far I've ordered the first like nineteen or twenty. So this upcoming paycheck, I have to put in uh, another order for the next one or two. Coach, what have you been playing lately? Tell me all about it. I want to hear it. Please. Um, I finally just finished my second playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Oh, wow. Yes. So, and this one was probably about um, much more fulfilling than the first time. I enjoyed the first one, uh, the first playthrough. But this one, I went deeper. Um, I went and I made it to where, because I was talking to Austin and I asked him about if he fought Lionels in the game. And uh, 
Because I knew if I ever wanted to do the, uh, the Trial of the Sword, that I would have to fight Lionel. So I have to know how to fight him. So I spent about a week and a half, two weeks just going out there, just destroying any and all Lionels. So that was good. And then this time when it came to uh, the Guardians, instead of just shooting them with the, uh, the arrow in the eye, what I wanted to do this time was, and I went through a lot of weapons, but I went through and I'd get the legs and then I would hit the body. So I did some different things. I upgraded some different armor this time. And then um, it just was a lot more enjoyable. So I just finished that this weekend. Nice, nice. Uh, you been playing anything else lately? Don't have time. So that was taking up all my time. So are, are you officially done with Breath of the Wild now, or are you going to go and do some of the extra stuff? Or Well, I'll do the extra stuff, but later on in the year, I need to jump on something different. So what, What's on your horizon? What's next for you? Well, part of my gaming goals was to, to uh, platinum quarterly. So I got about two weeks left. Mm. So I think um, tomorrow morning, in the mornings before I uh, head out to work, I'm going to um, start working on Astro's Playroom. Because oh, I heard that one's like cool. about five, six, seven. Yeah, eight. very short. Yeah. If and that, great, yeah. great game. Dude, it's, I it's want... It's the most Nintendo-like game Sony's ever made. It's great. Yeah. I want a PS5 so bad, but I have zero reason to buy one. And I, like, I'm just waiting for some reason to justify the $500 purchase. Because I... I don't have any reason to buy a PS5. And I'm, I'm waiting for Sony to be like, yo, here's the banger you want. It's only on PS5. Buy it. And like, I thought Horizon was going to be that, but it's it's not. I just, I remember playing Horizon in 2017 and loving the time I spent with Horizon. But it came out like, a, I think a week before Persona 5 or, so, or close to Persona 5. And I told myself I wasn't going to play Persona 5 until I finished Horizon, and I was on the last mission, and I, n- I broke, and I played Persona 5 instead. I never <laughs> went back to finish Horizon, and I never felt a reason to. Like, there's just some something repelling me from Horizon. I don't know what it is, because I remember loving it at the time, but looking back on it, I'm like, I don't know if I really did. So, Horizon Forbidden West came out, and I just don't really want to play it. And that sucks, because I hear it's amazing. Um, I hear it's super, super good, and it's beautiful. So I was thinking maybe God of War is going to be that game. But God of War is also coming to PS4, and it looks almost the same as the previous God of War, so it's probably going to run pretty well. I don't know. I don't know what that, that game is going to be that's going to make force me to buy a PS5, but I'm waiting. Yeah. It's really it's, it's interesting. And, Coach, this is going to tie into a question I'm about to ask you. But it's like I feel like there's like absolutely markers, right? Like There's like paradigm shifts in game design where it's like this game came out so it is going to inspire everything that comes after it. And I feel like I personally don't like Breath of the Wild that much, but like that was absolutely a game like that, right? Like so many developers were like, holy crap, this is the future. Like this is how we need to build open world games. And Horizon for or the original Horizon Zero Dawn might be like the last good traditional open world game, right? Like it might be like the last one built on like the bones of like the old what was considered best way to do things. And Elden yeah. Ring seems like for all intents and purposes, like it was the first big open world game to be inspired by Breath of the Wild. Like not, I'm not saying that like they, they borrowed anything, but I'm saying like 
the way I see people talk about Elden Ring is the same way people were talking about Breath of the Wild back in the day. Yeah, I agree. And so I just, I wonder, I haven't played Forbidden West just because I haven't beaten the first game. And also, like, I just don't have the time to game the way I, I thought I would at this point in the year. I'm going to have to do some real back half catching up to catch up to my, my gaming goals this summer and this fall. But, uh, Coach, I got to ask, when you say you beat Breath of the Wild and, like, you did everything that was super enjoyable... I know Breath of the Wild was like the first time Nintendo really did like a big DLC blowout. So when you replay Breath of the Wild, is that in your in your rotation? Like, do you consider that part of the main game? Is it that ingratiated? Just because like, I don't really know how Nintendo does DLC besides the Mario so Kart tracks that are trash. When, when you beat Ganon, <clears throat> you don't save after that point. And you don't go through Hyrule beating Ganon. So it just sends you back to your last save. So the I guess they're called ballads, right? So you have like three or four shrines. It's, it's just another shrine quest. That's all it is. Now, I don't know if there's bosses. I haven't really gone too deep with it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. But okay. I did. Remember you challenged me last time I was on here. You remember? I challenge you a lot because I respect you and I know okay. if anyone can rise to the challenge, it's coach. the well, I, I, I figured this out this last week. Okay. So you challenged me to figure out a video to make, to edit and everything. Right. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is, and this will be fun and, and I don't care about views. I just care about getting back to editing is there's 22 lionels spread throughout the map. And I'm gonna, I, I practice first through like streaming or something like that. But I want to make a video going through each of the different lineups. That sounds super fun. Does that entail you playing the game a third time immediately after finishing it a second time? No, because I could still go right now and. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Similar to like we were just talking about Breath of the Wild, the other the only uh, game I've been playing in the last two weeks has been Elden Ring, yeah, and right. my experience and, and thoughts on this game has changed a lot since last week. I think uh, or a lot last podcast I was on, I think two weeks ago, I said it was just like all right, it was like Dark Souls three open world. I it's completely different for me now. Like I am absolutely obsessed with Elden Ring. Um, I think I have over sixty hours in. I would have to check my Steam profile. I can't get enough of this game and it's what I did not realize that I wanted in, in my life at this point. Um, Elden Ring is so, so good, man. It's, it's crazy because I've never liked any of the other FromSoft games. I've tried Demon Souls, Dark Souls. I tried to get into Dark Souls 3 really, really hard. Like I really tried with Dark Souls 3. I just couldn't get into it. FromSoft fixed all the things I had issues with, with the previous games in their series. And they improved upon the formula so well with Elden Ring. It is not only the most accessible game out of the series. It is the most engaging. It is the deepest and it is the most packed full of content. You get to the world after like the, the tutorial area and you're like, oh, this is pretty big. But what you don't realize is that the map keeps expanding further and further and further. And you really don't know how far 
it goes. But even where I'm at now, like the map is absolutely massive and I haven't, I'm about to go into what I believe is the final area of the game. Um, the thing is, is that we've had the same formula for open worlds for 15, 20 years. And the thing I always think about when I say this example is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. On paper, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the game that was built for Seth's Lake House. It is about my favorite time in history. It's got, you know, really cool combat. Um, I, I love exploring Greece and it's historically pretty accurate. I mean, they not, not historically accurate, but like the time period, they go back and they really try to make sure that their recreation of these ancient cities and stuff is, is pretty, you know, accurate. Authentic, yeah. Yeah, authentic is, is the word I was looking for. Thank you, George. Um, but with Elden Ring, I, I get the opposite effect that I had with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. With Odyssey, like I said, it was built for me, but there's something missing in it. It's not engaging. I almost have to force myself to play Assassin's Creed. And it really shouldn't be like that. And I think the reason is because they actually give you everything in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, one thing I've realized with Elden Ring was by not having a mini-map, it actually forces me to watch the character. And what I didn't know beforehand was when I I had like a mini-map on the screen, I would just watch the mini-map and see like where I'm going on the mini map. I wouldn't even pay attention to the rest of the screen. And by not having a quest log, I'm forced to remember things about NPCs in the game. There's not that many side quests. There's probably only a dozen or a dozen and a half to two dozen side quests. But you remember them because you have to. And you remember different fights because they're memorable. And everywhere you go in this open world, there is a new thing to discover. It's absolutely packed and super dense, full of content. The things that they fixed in this game that I had problems with, with the previous Souls games, were things like punishing you for dying. Um, I hated hated the run-back mechanic for Dark Souls, like where you died and you have to run 10-15 minutes back to the boss and... and, um, I love boss fights and so is that not a thing anymore? No, there's checkpoints right outside the boss. They put grace points like right outside the boss room. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. there's there's sites of grace and then there's also these things called stakes of Marka, Mm -hmm. and you can respawn at them and usually they're right outside a boss. Yeah, so that's that's awesome because you know you die and you're like, all right, screw this guy, he's a giant. I'm going back in. And, and you know, you just get back in there, which I love uh, that because I love the boss fights in FromSoft games. I think they're awesome. And the other thing that they've fixed is the availability to respec your character. It happens very early on in the game, and you can just change your stats. So if you have a build that's not quite working for you, or you're against a super tough boss that you think maybe magic will work better, you can go back respec and come and come back and, and and use that different build i love that about the series the only thing i have against this game is what FromSoft is notoriously known for is their obscure storytelling i hate it i can't stand it 
because I'll, I'll be watching videos of like Elden Ring lore, and I'm like, how did you guys even come up with this? Where like like not like uh, from soft, but like the YouTubers who are explaining it. I'm like, I don't even know where you got this information from because it's not explained in the game at all. Or am I just like really stupid and I don't understand it? Well, and it's weird that they still kind of stuck with that with this, considering they had George R. R. Martin on board. Like, I, I it's very odd to me that they stuck with that same. I don't know, style. man. Like, I feel like with like George R. R. Martin, like that's like a credit, you know? Yeah, that's I agree. Like, yeah, like apparently, I don't know how much he really had to do with this game. Apparently, he just kind of set up. All right, this happened. This happened. We should make this a thing and this a thing. And that was kind of what he did. And that was it. And they pieced the entire Checks story out. together. Yeah, from like, it seems really interesting. I just wish I had any sort of way to digest it at all. Like did maybe you... if I went to the library. There's like books I could read on the, you know, the world. It, it, that would make sense. But there's not. There's nothing. I don't know where. Sorry, George, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, you're fine. I was going to say, did you play Destiny? Um, I played the first Destiny. Okay, yeah. And... So like, what's more clear in terms of storytelling? The original Destiny or Elden Ring? The original Destiny, because it gave you the tools Jesus. to read about the lore. What a mess. Eldering, I'm sorry. And, and, like that game, that game was a wreck in terms of storytelling. Yes, it was. Yeah, but like you could actually the fact open that it's up, more clear is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you could actually open up the the lore and read it, right? Like you could actually yeah. go in and read it. Call it by its name. It's a, grim, it's a grimoire collection. Call it by its okay, name. Yeah, okay, sure. A grimoire collection. There's not a grimoire collection, Elden Ring. There's nothing. The, like you have to just pay attention to what they're telling you. And like read through items because every item has a description, and like the NPCs tell you things, but it's not like they tell you things in a coherent statement. They say random sentences that don't seem to link together at all, and you're just supposed to extract information from it. And I don't understand why they continue this weird way of storytelling. Because when I read, when I when I watch like the YouTube videos and whatnot, it's very interesting. Like like the story they're telling is awesome. I just wish they would actually tell it to me. You know, and I understand like they want to go for like a more open experience. Like you don't have like indexes in your menus and whatnot, but like you could at least offer the information to me in game. Like I said, if you went to the library and opened a book, that's all. That's all. Uh, that's all I'm asking for. But other than that, the game is phenomenal. The way that the stats build is awesome. I'm, I'm running a two-handed strength build, so I can pretty much stagger everybody in one hit, which is awesome. So, I'm, I'm and you're playing on PC. Yes. I'm I'm gonna use this opportunity too because I I only talked about Elden Ring when I was about 20 hours into it and I got to about 45 and that like I appreciated and fell in love with the game so much more after that for a lot of the reasons Seth said like having the grace points and the stake of Marika's it like you mentioned it would be man I lost I know what I did wrong let's go again let's go again and another thing I absolutely love you know how I feel about open world games I'm not a big fan. Elden Ring is this giant world, but it feels like the entire thing is crafted with a purpose. Everywhere you go, they, it, it, it was purposely made. Something happened. And a lot of the story you will find in Elden Ring is environmental storytelling too. Right. And that's one thing I absolutely love about it. You could be like, I'm going to go over there and without having like an icon on the, on the map telling me there's a quest over there or there's an item or that I'll just go over there and explore and Oh, 
there's a nest here with dragon bones and a bunch of broken eggs. Yeah. And like, there's so much environmental storytelling in that game and just everything has purpose to that world. And that's, that makes me love to explore because at no point do I feel like I'm just going from point A to point B. I'm getting, I'm understanding the story of this game everywhere I go. Yeah. What's really interesting about the crafting of Elden Ring is they direct you in ways that isn't as obvious as like a marker, right? So when mm-hmm. when, I, when you open up from that tutorial area, in the distance you can see the church, and that is your first waypoint. Church of Vela. You can also see the tree sentinel walking around it. So like that's your first obstacle, and then and this is all pulled from like a like a, a Reddit post I saw that was explaining it. There is landmark lines that show you like the direction you want to go. And then there's like things off in the distance. It's like, okay, well there's something I can explore immediately. And it's all crafted in a really particular way with a lot of care that you don't see in like other games. Like I was saying, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey that feels just so bland and dull. But Elden Ring's great, and I'm surprised I liked it because I didn't, I wasn't, this wasn't on my radar at all. Like I said, I haven't played, I haven't really liked any of the other FromSoft games, but Elden Ring has struck a special chord, and I'm not surprised that it sold 12 million copies because it is a word of mouth game. It is something that everyone's talking about, and um, yeah, it's great. Elden Ring's awesome. Literally, my Twitter feed is 97% Elden Ring. Yeah, it's Still, awesome. It's really, after, really good, man. After almost a month. And I love it. But I will say, like, the most fun game in all, or the most fun job in all of game development has to be a FromSoft boss designer. Like, there's no way that that job is not so fun to just be like, oh, yeah, they're going to hate this. (laughs) And make the boss hang in the air for five seconds and they have to figure out the timing. They're going to hate it. I I feel like you're talking about the floating deer. Uh, The... (laughs) I don't know if you saw the specs I read off, but there are 70 different boss types in the game. Yeah. And there are different uses of different bosses totaling 170 or like 170 or 180 boss fights in the entire game. Yeah. I don't know how this game runs on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I literally don't get it. My mind breaks trying to comprehend how this was all packed into something that can run on that on these systems. Yeah, it's 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 massive and it is uh, it's a great game. So, all right. Uh, with that being said, Elijah, you wanted to bring up a topic this week. Yes. So smack me with it. I was at the theater and a trailer came on for this movie. And at the end, I'm like, that movie is probably going to be pretty bad. And it might be my most anticipated movie this year. So I wanted to ask you guys, what are some games you love that are objectively bad or terrible? What and movie was it? Yeah, I was going to say, what movie was this before we go any further? Was it Studio 666? I don't know what that is. It's That's the one where Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters move into a haunted house to record their new album. And it's like a horror comedy. I I, I have a really small that. theater. I have a really small theater. The only trailers I saw during the Batman were uh, Studio 666 and Licorice Pizza. 
tell me you saw the theater for uh oh god the nick cage movie uh oh yeah where he plays himself yeah no, yeah that looks that incredible looks fantastic yeah. but the movie i'm talking about is called bullet train with Bat- oh, yeah. brad pitt and basically the whole thing is uh, i guess a bunch of this movie takes place on a bullet train and he gets a briefcase and all these people are trying to kill him and I don't at one point a car blows up in the desert. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, this probably makes no sense. I don't care. I I need to see it. But to give you an idea, there are two games that come to mind that are objectively not good. And I love them. One of them being, of course, Lollipop Chainsaw. Objectively not a very good game. But I love it so much. The other one was an Xbox 360 launch title called Bullet Witch. That game's so bad, dude. Oh my god. (laughs) I have literally never even heard of it. I love that game. I have two copies of it, specifically so I can have one with the regular cover and one with the reversible cover. Is that that game struck me when I played it as like unfinished. Like there's like missing textures on buildings and whatnot. Because it was it was a launch title for 360, I think, right? Just said that, yes. It seems like they were like, you know what? It's good enough. Ship it. it to give you an idea, it was made by Atari. That makes go. sense. Everything makes sense <laughs> now. Huh. I, 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 there it is, dude. Full circle. <laughs> my my car is named after the main character. <laughs> What's your car's name? Alicia. Eh, it's a pretty name, but. It is, but it's named after Bullet Witch. Okay. But yeah, I, I want to hear... I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I want to hear from you guys. What are some games that are not good that you love? Well, just to say, by the way, right quick, that Lollipop Chainsaw is actually a good game. I do like Lollipop Chainsaw. Because, and you you had me play it, Elijah, years ago uh, on our prior podcast when we used to do like a kind of, kind of book club type thing. Yeah. I don't even know what we would call that, but... I don't know what Austin's answer is going to be. It's going to be Breath of the Wild. No, that's a good <laughs> game. That's a great game. I'm with Seth. Uh, that's objectively a great game. <laughs> no, no joke. This is something we just talked about last week, George and I. I would literally put Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 um, as my... Yes. These games, so objectively, not very good. Not very good. Mechanically, they are really rough. And the camera is just the most atrocious atrocious oh, 3d camera of all time i was just gonna say that like when you like you'll just take a jump in sonic adventure <laughs> 2 and the camera just spazzes out and goes everywhere like That's it's a, awesome no joke i mean going back to that bullet witch thing it's like they were like all right you can see that you can see the character that's good enough we're not gonna we're not gonna work on any of the mechanics of this camera like you can somewhat see him it does whatever it wants at some point so we'll take it but yeah i mean no joke those those games for me George and I just talked about it last week, but I adore both of those games so much. And I mean, they were my absolute childhood and they're still, you know, probably my favorite Sonic games aside from CD. And I I like advance actually a lot as well, but um, they're horrible. I mean, no joke the the, to play those games now they're I love them still because I have that nostalgia factor, but I don't think you could put that game in front of anybody who hasn't already played it and they would say, oh yeah, this is so much fun. This is a great game. Here's a, here's an interesting <laughs> question. Has there ever been a good 3D Sonic game? Generations. 
Yeah, I never played I, that. I, one. I, I, I gave I up on them. Generations, for sure. You didn't, you didn't like Generations, Seth? I I gave up on Sonic before Generations came out because I was like these because that was like I played like Sonic and the Lost Rings and Sonic and the Black Knight I think it was called and oh, I was God. like these are yeah, absolutely awful. garbage games yeah terrible. The Lost Rings is like one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. That was one and of the first Wii games I got. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was one of the first Wii games I I got. When I was like a teen, and I, I I'll never forget like going to GameStop, getting this used copy of Sonic and the Secret Rings, playing like ten minutes of it. I'm thinking, well, I'm taking this back to GameStop. <laughs> I didn't know anything terrible. about it. I bought it at a GameStop in San Francisco because like they surprisingly at the time still had Wii games. I was like, oh, retro games are only to get more expensive. Like I gotta buy this now, and I bought it. I took it home. I bought like a six pack on the way home. I'm like, hell yeah, gonna play my Wii. And I like put it in and like within four minutes, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to return this game because like I kind of want it as like an artifact of. I don't know what not to do when you're making a game, but like, Jesus crap, man, that game is awful. Yeah, it's really atrocious. Did you guys know that the Sonic comic is like like an insanely long running comic and like it, it's like a thousand issues or something like that. It's yeah, actually like well, well regarded too. Yeah, the people board. love it. It's crazy, and and it has cameos from other Sega characters in it. Like at one point, the two main characters from Skies of Arcadia appear in an issue or two. Sonic just drops into the Virtual Fighter arena and just pummels everybody. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, another underrated game, Sonic Unleashed. That game is actually surprisingly good if you play it. It's the the modern Sonic stuff is pretty much identical to what's in Generations, um, and then it's got the other portion, which is like when Sonic turns into the werewolf thing, which is absurd oh, yeah. plot wise. But the gameplay is actually pretty good. It's like a beat 'em up style. Yeah, game. That, that that game about that really fast hedgehog really lost the plot yeah. when he turned into a werewolf. Yeah, it, yeah. When he became slow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elijah, I got an answer to your question, but. I feel like I need to qualify it. So when I was a teenager, Marvel Ultimate Alliance came out and that was like kind of a sequel to X-Men Legends and X-Men Legends 2. I loved it when it first came out because like I'd never seen a comic book game that had like that many sort of like disparate references and characters. And as if you're listening this far in the podcast, you know, I record a comic book podcast called Short Fox Summary. I just love mid 2000s Marvel. Man, I bought that game on PS4 being like, holy crap, my favorite game from high school is is coming out on PS4. It's got trophy support. Hell yeah. That game is awful. Like, that is a bad game. Like, that is like the worst Diablo clone I've ever seen. I love it. It's one of my favorite games, but I know it's not a good game. Like, it feels bad to play, and it looks bad now. Like, I guess the original Xbox version looks really good, especially when you're like, oh, it's 2005. Good job, guys. But like, man, that game is crap. And I absolutely love it. Another game is wet for PlayStation 3. That game is garbage. But is this a female got... samurai? Not samurai. Kind of. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, that's, I love Assassin's that game. Samurai with like an M16 also. Yeah. I had so much fun with that game. It was bad. Yeah, that game, like I am getting to the point where when I look at games, I'm like, okay, like, can you at least give me like a fun 10 minutes? And like, if your entire game is just like trying to figure out how to stretch that fun 10 minutes out for 10 hours, like then we have a problem. But like, man, like that game took so many swings. And that's what I appreciate more now is the swings rather than the misses where it's like, oh, I see what you were going for here. But 
that game was just oozing personality. Like I thought that game was great. And it's not like uh it's not like Vanquish, right? Which is like a legitimately great game that people didn't play. Like mm-hmm. I would consider that a hidden gem game. And Elijah, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I feel like what you're asking for here, not that there's anything wrong with it, but like guilty pleasures is like what you're talking yeah. about. But it's not even guilty yeah. pleasures, it's like guilty pleasures where like you know you're wrong for liking this yes. thing. Exactly. Okay. Coach, what about you? I'd have Bad to games. go with I would have to go with um Austin with Sonic Adventure. Um and I played it when it first came out on the GameCube because I didn't have a uh Genesis. Yeah, that was me yet. too. Yeah. And there was a lot of hype, but on them boards over at GameFAQs, oh, they, they, they said they're the camera, right? But I don't know, still played it. Um, not sure how much fun I had, but, you know, it was, it was, it was Sonic 3D. It was just okay. It holds yeah. a place in your heart. Yeah. And then I would have to say a game that we played but um it wasn't good but we still played it because everybody had it was breath of the wild no was top gun on the nes like that was the most it was the most frustrating game but we all still just freaking played it right it looks trying to land that the chiptune soundtrack incredible yeah oh my god that game was so much fun on nes yeah yeah so that one would be and sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier, Coach, but I feel like, honestly, like a lot of games from the N64 era fall into this category where it was almost like Stockholm Syndrome, where like we didn't know that things would get better. So we thought that was the best it was going to be. So we were just like, holy crap, this game is awesome. I was going to say there's one game like uh, Top Gun called Aerial Assault that came out on N64. Mm-hmm. That I think is like the probably like one of the coolest video games I've ever played. I'm sure is like not actually a good game at all. But like, man, it's just like the vibes like the I feel like that's really what the category is about is like what game is trash, but still sells you on vibes and Aerial Assault N64. So many N64 (laughs) games. I think uh, Jet Force Gemini falls into that. Have Have you seen the control scheme for that? doesn't make any sense. It is just like, I remember playing it. I'm like, because I found it, right? The cart threw it in. I'm like, wait, what the hell is this? I remember, speaking of control schemes, I remember when Watson sat me down to play Metal Gear Solid 1 because he heard that I loved Metal Gear Solid 3 oh and 4. God. And I never played 5. And he's like, you never played 1 and 2? I'm like, no. He goes, all right, we're playing it right now. And I played Metal Gear Solid 1 and I hated it. And I was like, dude, I can't, I can't play this anymore. Like, this is physically hurting me to play. It's got tank controls, and I'm like, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to play this. It sucks. And he's like, no, dude, it's the best one you don't understand. But yeah, I don't like, I don't like Metal Gear Solid One because the controls. I feel like I too, like a lot of launch games kind of could fall into this window where again you're just kind of like smitten with like a new console and you just like buy what's available. And I'm really proud of myself for not thinking this with Godfall. Uh, Fabio convinced me, my friend Fabio convinced me to buy Godfall on PlayStation 5. And like, I played that game for like probably 35 minutes before I like legitimately, legitimately considered like Venmoing him, like asking for $70 back. I'm like, this game sucks. <laughs> I 
didn't do it because that's a rude thing to do to a friend who just wanted to like, oh, I, I hear it's going to get co-op. We're going to go back and play it. They just updated it. So we'll check that again. But like PlayStation 2 in particular, like that launch window, like Smuggler's Run was just a game you could like talk yourself into liking on PlayStation 2. <laughs> I was, and I was like, just going to say like just, Smuggler's Run. Yeah, we would just drive up to like the top of the mountain and like, you know, drive off and be like, look how far we're falling. You know, like that was like basically what we did because we like we didn't really understand the game. We knew it was like arcade racing. I would like to go back. I'm going to start streaming soon. I'm setting up like an actual station. I can't wait to show you guys. Uh, and so I'm going to go back and check that game out. Another game that I don't think falls in this category because I legitimately love it. Another like launch era PlayStation 2 game. There's this game called Gun Griffin Blaze, which is one of the best mech games I've ever played in my entire life. Because it is a first person shooter where you get to like select, you know, whichever uh, mecha suit you want to use. And you just go into different situations and it's like an arcade based game where you're trying to get a score and you have a certain allotment of time. Like it's basically like you have 10 minutes to go in and complete the objective and then how you decide to do like side objectives. That is like what determines your score. But holy crap, man, that game came out when I was 11 years old, 12 years old. And it's like one of the coolest concepts like I felt like I discovered. Like it wasn't like a game my brother played. It wasn't a game my sister played. It wasn't a game any of my friends were playing. It was just a game I somehow got into my possession and was just ripping through. So that is a game that I pretty sure got like a 5.7 from IGN back in the day, (laughs) like something like sub six. And uh, man, I I want to be buried with that game. That is how much I love it. I remember that. Nothing game. beats X Games. Um, one. So oh, yeah, yeah. I have a few games I want to talk about. The first one. So you guys got to understand, my gaming tastes are almost entirely dependent on this small video store, the small video rental store that was in Jersey Shore, my, the town that I grew up in, called PM Video. And my dad would take me there after work or whatever, after school. And I would go to the game section, look at a game that looked cool, and and rent it out. One of those games was Chrono Cross, my favorite game of all time. And then another one of these games is a game called Dragon Seeds. And this game is absolutely awful. There is almost no gameplay in it, right? So basically what you do is you... I mean, I remember it sets up like some weird backstory about like people discovering like dragon eggs and whatnot and like doing a jurassic park style like recovery of them and then they fight them in these arenas so basically there's no there's no gameplay there's no exploration you pick different points on the map and you open those menus and you can like you know do different things like buy your dragon weapons and whatnot what you do is you go to this like genealogy lab and put different phrases and depending on those different phrases you'll get a different kind of dragon and then you like take them to the arena and it's a roulette based fight against the other dragon. Cause you don't know what they're going to cast. And then you have like a, a different counters for it. And that's the entire game. That's it right there. Um, that, yeah, there's, that's it. And the game's really bad. It's like really awful, but I played, I played it to death and I loved it when I was a kid. And I still think about it sometimes. And it's really hard to find. The other game I want to talk about is um, this game on GameCube called Custom Robo. Oh, yeah. And oh, dude. Oh, that's man. not a bad game. Get the hell out of here. What? Like, 
this game is like widely like regarded as a terrible game. I thought. I I, I was sure it, a custom robo was like like panned all I around. I really I really liked it. I know it's like one of those things that like Shiggy is like. I can't believe this game didn't do better. You know, like even he's like still in like disbelief. He's like, I thought it was a nice idea. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I personally love that game. And I think you're crazy for putting in this category, but I want to hear why. I want to know what makes it tick to you. I just loved this game. And I don't, I remember sitting there and this may have been the first game that I like no lifed. I remember sitting there with my GameCube and my mom being like, are you going to come down for dinner? And I'm like, uh, kind of eat it up here, mom. <laughs> you know, and it's the first time I remember like just like marathoning a game. I don't remember why I loved it so much, other than like I just there was like something about the combat I, I think I, I loved and the story. I remember I was really into, even though I think it was like terrible. Like there was like this long RPG like story campaign that was like awful, but the gameplay I thought was really really fun. Um, but maybe it's not panned if you guys. Well, all... so I've looked it up and based off of 31 critic reviews, at least this, of course, came out in 2004. So it was a while ago, but it has a 65 on Metacritic. It's yep. not great. So and you honestly, I would not have known that because I love this game. Oh, so when, you... when it when it came out. Yeah, I adored custom I, Robo. I really enjoyed it, too. It was no Robo pit, but it was really good. I, I think... can't believe you've all played it. I think it's interesting that a lot of these games we picked were like before we were like generally aware of consensus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like yeah. way before like I was checking IGN, you know? No, but that's or, a great point. Or GameSpot or anything. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the other games I want to talk about Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. I, especially Sonic Adventure 2 when it came to consoles. Um, yeah, when it came to GameCube, I think they added the battle tag to it for some reason. Yeah, you know Sonic why? What the different, what the different, what the difference was? Um, they added a few things in, but honestly, I'm not entirely sure because I've never played the original Dreamcast version. I, so I don't I, know what they added. I got obsessed with like the Chow building. Yes, like, like, like that 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 <laughs> whole garden. system. I loved that. Um, and you could only unlock like the different levels to the Chow Garden if you got your Chow to like different levels. Um, it's pretty awesome, but. I don't know that I've played and loved too many bad games. Oh, Red Steel on Wii. Oh, yeah. That game is so bad, but it was like a Wii launch game and it was like a shooter. It was like the only like like mature game. You had the yeah. samurai sword and like there was like the, the really rudimentary aiming controls. Um, but the sword fights are pretty cool. I always like the sword fights. Which is the second one was like legit incredible. Like the second yeah, one was, was great. The first they, one that was, was the one that like had Wii Motion Plus, right? Game. Didn't yeah. the second one have? Uh, yeah, it had Wii Motion Plus, so your your movements and stuff were like super accurate. It was great. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I never played. I never played the second one, or even had Wii Motion second, Plus. I jumped ship. The second time. one was super good. Uh, a couple shout outs to more N sixty four games. Uh, Army Men Sarge's Hero on Nintendo oh, yeah. sixty four, a third person shooter with a single joystick. Not the most <laughs> fun experience, <laughs> but uh, I was obsessed with that game as a kid. I thought it was awesome. Another game, Chopper Attack on on N64, which was just like a, I want to say twin stick shooter, but again, N64, so a single stick shooter mm-hmm. where you were playing as like a helicopter uh, going over, you know, just like dumb areas. Also, like, I feel like this is where licensed games really come to shine, right? Like, 
I legit love Batman Begins on original Xbox and like GameCube and stuff because that is just like diet Splinter Cell. Like Splinter <laughs> Cell hurt my brain when I first grabbed it, like played at a friend's house. And it was just like too complex for me, even as like a 14 year old. I'm like, I don't understand what this game wants me to do. I don't understand what's possible and what's impossible in this game. Batman Begins was just like a completely simplified version of that game. So that was what actually got me into uh, like stealth games in general was was Batman Begins. Also, the Fantastic Four game, just like a fun beat em up, which is not good, but like it's nice to see the thing. It's nice to see Human Torch. It's nice to see Reed. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable, so I yeah. I understand. But like, man, it's crap, but I love it, and I'm good, probably gonna stream that soon on my channel. <laughs> Did you ever play Excite Bike sixty four? Yeah, I loved it, dude. I, you remember the first time like you plugged it in and you're like, "This isn't bad. This is really good." Yeah, and you're like, "I'm gonna do a pancake and get twenty points." Right? Yeah. So, coach, what Every what are some of uh, your forbidden loves in video games? Like, well, I mean, I already gave mine, but yeah, you said Sonic yeah. Adventure as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot you said Sonic Adventure. It's like I lost myself. Ago, also, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I I forgot to somehow mention the Oni Shanbara games. Um, Elijah, I'm sorry, man. Those you had me play them, and like I really gave it a shot. You did. There's there's I, videos I will, of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, that's rough. I want you to think about. All right. Aliens Colonial Marines has a 43 on Metacritic. Do you know what game has a lower Metacritic score? What? Digimon World 2. Well, Digimon World 2 is the worst of the Digimon Worlds. Yeah, no. Is that the PlayStation 1 game? Yes. 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 It it was the one that played more like a normal RPG than Digimon one. World 3 is the best. 3 was good. I only played the favorite. first one. I only played the first one which I thought was trash. It is. It's 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 very rough. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of how the first one plays, but we can uh, all agree sorry. the best Digimon game is Cyber Sleuth. Elijah, what what was the game you said right before Digimon World? Oni Shanbara. <laughs> okay. What's, <laughs> what's the game? What's what's the game you like that that's like based on like Twin Peaks? Deadly Premonition. Uh, yeah. yeah. Does that qualify or so? I was thinking about it, but that game has such a cult following. Yeah. That I don't think it does. Apparently the second one came out. And it's like unplayable. It is bad. It yeah. is very bad. There is video of me playing it docked and getting single frames. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember Elijah was that was like top five sad Elijah I've ever seen. Yes. Was when that game came so, out and it, did, it didn't perform the way he wanted it to. Before we wrap up this podcast, uh, there's a couple closing notes. First off. I want to say uh, Brandon Jones retired from games journalism today. End so. of a freaking era. That made yeah. me so sad. I know he's been going through stuff with his son, Milo. Like I, I'm a Patreon for uh, for easy allies. He had like a cup of Jones where he was talking about every medical issue that is his infant son or I guess two year old son was going through. And it's just like heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. And he's walking away and it's just like, if you don't know Easy Allies, if you don't know game trailers, I can't explain what this guy was. But like he was yeah. the voice of video games to me for 15 years because he honestly everything. He never got as much recognition as he as he deserved. Like Brandon Jones should be right up there with Jeff Keighley. Like he was that good. He was so, 100%. so good. Um, And yeah, he just 
hopefully he's made enough money in the video game industry where he can just kind of relax and enjoy his retirement. I, that's, that's what my hope anyway. Um, and one of my favorite all time moments in video game history is when the game trailers guys were watching the reveal of final fantasy seven remake live. And they were sitting on their chairs and standing on their chairs and absolutely losing it. They absolutely had a meltdown. And cause I had a meltdown too. Um, that and I, I love the game trailers, guys. I jumped on the Easy Ally train really early. Um, I don't listen to many gaming podcasts these days, but yeah, absolutely. Good job to Brandon Jones. I I never even yeah. listened to game trailers or watched or anything like that. But that Final Fantasy VII video is one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Um, they, the other thing. Hold, sorry, hold on, sorry. One more thing for game trailers. They had their video content bought out by IGN once game trailers folded. So all that stuff is like still available on YouTube. I cannot recommend their videos enough. They do these anthology series where they do deep dives into games, uh, game series where they just do like the history of each individual game. So like they, and you know, it's always like in anticipation of a new title. So like when final fantasy, I think 13 was coming out, they did a deep dive into the first 12 final fantasy, like or into like every single final fantasy game that came out before it. And they're really well-produced, well-made. Like, they're just awesome content, and they all have playlists. So it's like a four-hour thing just talking about Final Fantasy. It's a three-hour thing just talking about Metal Gear Solid. It's a, you know, two-hour thing talking about every Star Wars game ever made. I cannot recommend those videos enough. Please check them out on YouTube. I'll have to check them out. That sounds really awesome. We don't get enough content like that. Um, The other thing I want to shout out is that we have um, an awesome humble bundle going on right now. If you pay forty dollars, you can get like one hundred and thirty items, and a lot of them are like serious bangers. Uh, the proceeds go to the war in Ukraine, so um, that's that's a pretty good one. You get like awesome stuff. I think. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic, games. yeah, fantastic bundle. I feel like it's been a long time since we've gotten like an actual like really yeah. great humble bundle, but this one this one's awesome. Um, it even comes with like. Some other stuff like like game programming, um, how to how to program games, like a book. Um, so make sure you check that out. That's pretty awesome. And uh, the other thing I want to talk about is this uh, Gran Turismo controversy because I hear people talking about it all the time, and I was hoping you guys could explain it to me because this sounds like a very non Sony thing to do. Yeah, it really is. So first off, it's not made very clear, but. It's an always online game. Yeah. Which is odd because their whole like thing with this one was they were kind of coming back to single player content. Yeah. And the other thing is the price of cars related to the money, the prize money you get from races Mm -hmm. is so vast. And like the creator came out and said the whole point was to keep the value of the cars intact as to like what their real world counterparts would be. And it's like, yeah, cool, so, but I, I, I'm not playing this to save up money in real world ways to drive a car. I want people are saying this is like a battlefront two situation, right? Yes. Where they're like, like yeah. kind of forcing you to buy. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because even today, I think it was, I don't know if they added in the two cars or if they just showed up in the marketplace today, but there are two cars that are worth, like 15 million credits in game, oh, which geez. is like 600 of the, of the longest race or something like that. I, I, I yeah, don't know the ridiculous. exact details, but you have to do 600 of this race in order to make enough credits or spend like $300 yeah. 
of real, yeah. real, <laughs> what, what? real money to buy Are one. You... To buy it's one. Sweet. Yeah, three hundred um, U.S. dollars to buy yeah. a, a car. So, so, if you were to use microtransactions before this, uh, <laughs> to give an example, a three million dollar car in game would cost forty dollars in microtransactions. Which there are a lot of three million dollar cars in this game. Like and, that's that there are oh a lot of them. What, that's what's funny? Crazy. Before this, they said, "Oh, we're not giving you the option to buy the cars off of PSN anymore, like we did with GT Sport." Now you can you get all cars in game, but they didn't say tell you that they're giving you the ability to buy the currency. So it's just like buying the cars off PSN. I can't believe that Sony would compromise their highest selling franchise like this. That's crazy. I well, that's insane. The interesting thing too to go to that GT Sport comparison is that you could basically the way it worked was in Sport on the PSN store it would have the cars instead of the credits, like Elijah was saying, and those cars would be for five bucks yeah but then this game comes out and cars that were five bucks before are now forty dollars of microtransactions mm-hmm. so they they boosted the price you know tenfold that's crazy george what do, you, what do you got i think it's really funny that like we always point back to what was it e3 2013 when like xbox one and ps4 yep. were revealed and like Microsoft got dunked on so much for having like an always online console, and Sony had made like clearly a video that goddamn day of Shuhei Yoshida handing a you know PS4 game, game to Adam Boyce or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're like, Sony gets it, Sony's for the gamers, this is amazing, you know. And it was like it wasn't that Microsoft was wrong. They were just the only ones, like, I honestly with the balls to say where the future was. Because, like, that's eight, eight, eight years later. It feels like every game now, right? Like, that feels like yeah. every single possible game now. Like, there's never good news revealed two weeks before launch. You know, like, it's always, like, the bottom falling out. Like, oh, actually. Oh, actually. Well, really, though, it's this. Like, there's, it's always something bad that happens with the game. It's never, like... Oh crap! What great news that we didn't know about until you know a week before the game comes out or a week after the game comes out. So I think we actually need to revisit how harsh we were, not necessarily to Don Matrick and like those guys, but I guess like everything dunked on the Xbox One has just sort of like become the console standard. Oh, you're absolutely for, right, man. For everyone, and I mean, like people... Nintendo also like. The Nintendo online expansion is like, oh, you only get this if you check in once a week. You can't even buy the older games now. You can't just buy Super Mario Brothers 3 for five bucks the way you've been able to for the last 10 years. You need to give us money every month and we're going to hold this game hostage basically from you unless you check in once a week. So we know your membership's up to date and you give us money each month. Like it, it's it, they called their shot. They were 100 percent right and they got ripped apart and it sucks because well, it was a we are now. It was a Dreamcast scenario, right? Like they were just too early. You know, we were, everyone was like, "Oh, the Connect is always listening," and then you know, four years later, we installed Alexis in our house. Yeah, you know that that listened to literally everything you say. And now I do think they were a little aggressive in their approach, and they definitely marketed it wrong. But yeah. you know, eight years later, no one would have cared if Microsoft said the things they said because mm-hmm. it was it's just the way game was going, and they saw it. They were. They were on top of the game and they just they got massacred for it. And, you know, props to Sony, though, because they did make an amazing 
diss on Microsoft that year. But one thing I will say is that it seems like ever since, I don't know, 2019, Sony has just not been the same. It's like they, they got so full of themselves that they went back to like the PS3 era Sony. And this Gran Turismo thing just seems like absolutely like some of the lowest of the low news I've heard of them. Because I mean, dude, $300 for a single car in Gran Turismo? Like, yeah. Do they really think that they that that justifies the price? I mean, that's, well, that's yeah. crazy. Especially because they killed their competition. Like, it's one of those things where if there was still MotorStorm or if there was still Drive Club, you know, like I could at least understand like one franchise getting a little testy, getting a little frisky with seeing how much they can get away with. But like, name a second prominent Sony franchise about car racing. You can't because they killed them all. You know, like there's no other option for like a first party going to be hella marketed with everything under the hood that pardon the pun sorry but like a sony studio developed game like they're Mm -hmm. all gone except for gran turismo this is all we have now and it's like three hundred dollars for a car get the hell out of here the sad thing is too the game is actually very good like Mm -hmm. i actually really like the game it's just the way that it's set up i mean and and to go back to the very start of this conversation I literally didn't even know it was online only until this past yeah. week when the, literally nobody could play the game for a span of 48 hours because they were doing server maintenance. Um, and I've played one, I've probably played 15 hours of the game. I've played one multiplayer match. So there's really no reason for the game to be online only in the first place. But um, aside from that, like the gameplay itself is actually fantastic. Like I think it's actually a really good game. It's just they've, They've got to do something, and I'm not convinced yeah. that they're going to, truthfully. Coach, well, what are your, your also, thoughts on this? Right. Yeah. So this has – is it even worth it to buy physical copies anymore? Right? I mean, like, what's the purpose of buying physical copies? Right. Look at Halo Infinite. Same thing, right? Same damn thing. So I don't know. It just sheds to light the direction I think gaming is going. Yeah. And um, you just got to – Man, I heard. I don't know if it's true, but um, nobody was allowed in their reviews to say that it's supposed to be always online. I think I heard something like that um, when the reviews went up. So, because of course Sony didn't want that to be a negative, right? Mm-hmm. So I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive I read that somewhere, and it just goes to show, like for. Sony and Microsoft, um, do we even own these games anymore? Yeah. You know? No, I mean, you don't. And that's that's the crazy thing is, that's why I think Elden Ring has been such a breath of fresh air is because it's just, the game doesn't have that many bugs and it's, there's no microtransactions. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's, it is what it is. And man, I don't know. I just, I got a bad taste in my mouth for like triple A releases lately just because of stuff like this, man. I mean, this Gran Turismo situation is crazy too, because Sony desperately needed a win. They've been Mm -hmm. getting beat up by Microsoft the last year, maybe even two years. And, um, this seems like they're just like handing it off to, to Forza being like, here you go. You know, take the number one spot, which, you know, it's crazy. I was going to say the last thing, just because we haven't touched on it is, 
and and coach actually just brought it up with the you know what you get on disc the crazy thing about this whole situation with the online only stuff specifically i'm not talking about the the microtransactions but the disc is a 120 gigabyte install and it's online only why yeah like why does it an online only game need that much space if if you can only play it while you're online like it's I don't know. It's just astounding I mean, to me what, the they've, what they've done. The only reason I could think of, and I'm not saying this is a good reason, I'm not saying it is the reason, but the only reason I could think of is the same reason Dark Souls Remastered couldn't be uploaded to, like the save file couldn't be uploaded to the Nintendo Switch Online saves. Yeah. And that they don't want anybody like glitching or finding a way to cheat and like for uh, Dark Souls, it was like they didn't want anybody finding a way to get like infinite items and stuff like that. And that's the only thing I could think of, because if people found like a way to glitch or to cheat and get unlimited money. There goes the microtransactions. But they need to be transparent about that, though. Oh, especially I I don't disagree, especially when you're spending 70 plus dollars because, you know, but that's um, I mean, they're again. They're a big company. They're about making yeah. money. And on so, the topic, so. I was just going to say quick, on the topic of what's so important about physical copies, and that's easy. I have a data cap. Yeah. So it's much easier for me to install 50 gigabytes from a disk and much faster than to install 50 gigabytes from downloading. Comcast, you got, you got that Xfinity? No, we don't even get Comcast in my area. You guys get Spectrum up there, right? Nope. Service nice. Electric Cable Vision. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I get Spectrum. No, no data caps. That's great. Also, last thing yeah. while we're dunking on Gran Turismo, I've played a little bit of it. I haven't played enough about it where I feel comfortable to like talk about too much about it. But in my brief experience, man, the soundtrack kind of sucks, too. Like, compared to older Gran Turismo yeah. games, yeah. Like, what a bummer. And like I've been playing a lot of Ridge Racer Type Four. I gotta. I work in my office during the day doing my my copywriting job, and I got a PlayStation Three setup that is usually playing DVDs. You know, I've usually got a movie on in the background. But every once in a while, I need like a little break, and I'll play a little Ridge Racer. You know, R Type little little four. And uh, goddamn, is that soundtrack so much better than Gran Turismo Seven? It's it's mind blowing. And so what makes it last so I'm gonna say about. What makes it so bad is all of the original Gran Turismo 7 trailers had that epic song that was from Gran Turismo 4. Yeah. And it's like, this is the song everybody loved. And it's like, okay, so they understand soundtrack is an important part of this. And then it wasn't. Elijah. Half the reason I drive my car is to listen to music. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Are, Elijah, are your nipples out right now? One is. Okay, just one. <laughs> one out for Gran Turismo. Nips out for Gran Turismo. Yeah, pour one out, just one. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you stretch back, and I saw your shirt widen, and I was like, "That man's nips are out." I know it. Elijah, put them on the glass. I'm, I'm just gonna take some body paint and paint uh, Superman X on my chest. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any closing comments, thoughts, concerns? I missed you, Seth. I missed you, Coach. I missed you, Elijah. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a hot minute. Austin, I see you every week. I will be on every other week from henceforth. I will be on when I'm not stuck at work super late. 
Dude. Coach will be on when he's on his bicycle. <laughs> when he's not biking to work. Wink. Get one of those uh, Peloton bikes, Coach, and then just podcast on the Peloton. I Peloton twice today. Once in the shower, it felt great. There was a Peloton <laughs> store at King of Prussia, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Whoa. Whoa. That was a cross between... Well, Seth. A fart and <laughs> a burp. A fart, burp, snort, all in one. Elijah's body just compressed a little bit. That made it all worth it. Thank you, Elijah. Yep. Love you, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, with that being said, I think that about wraps up Frame Skip episode 93. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you enjoyed your time sitting with us around the campfire talking about video games it's nice and cuddly over here we're cooking some marshmallows your parents aren't divorced anymore it's all okay oh you did it thanks man (laughs) it's been been 27 years thank you wow i know bro everything in your life is good all that's playing in my head now is hillary duff's in a moment anything can change (laughs) uh well remember to uh give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice and uh stop in every week listen to the next episode it's every friday so thursday 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 when did we switch to thursday so he hasn't been listening when we switched to monday (laughs) oh oh, i thought we were keeping friday oh okay no missed that conversation i think we should but whatever i like (laughs) i like this podcast going into the weekend i like it's like hey guys you don't you you don't got a clock in anymore you can go dancing tonight if you want to. You yeah. can go to a movie. You can go yeah, to a salad okay. bar. Whatever you want. I, actually, you I listen to the podcast. I mostly go to movies on Thursday nights. So, <laughs> well, crap, Elijah. That's a different conversation I was about to jump into. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We'll miss you. Peace. Goodbye and good night.